listen to this podcast, don't go alone. Please take us with you and listen to Train Pop Cultures Getting to Know Us Gaming. I am your host for today, Kimbo, and joined by my merry band of adventurers. The one and only Johnson. Benzie. And the guy in his last life, Strawny. <laughs> and today, kids, we are going to talk about Vigimo games, video games, the holy grail of entertainment. And we're going to open up, as we tend to, with our brief history with video games. So it may not shock you to know, I fucking love video games. Don't know if you picked this up. I play a lot of video games. I have over 20,000 hours accumulatively on Football Manager. Video games is everything. I have every Pokemon game in the series. And how I started my love of video games is my dad came back from a Comic-Con or something. Because, of course, I got it from my dad. And I had a Nintendo Game Boy and Pokemon Red because it had Charizard on it. And, of course, I picked the one with the cool lizard dragon thing on it. And I played that game to death. That cartridge was battered by the time, like, it had gone. Then my dad got me a Nintendo 64. He got me a PlayStation 1. Two PlayStation 2s, because one broke. Uh, 360s, PlayStation... We've had, a, we've had everything. My parents spoilt me with video games. Then when my dad found out I liked Alame Football Manager... Then they stopped making LMA Football Manager, so my dad talked to his friends who played Football Manager games and found me Football Manager. I wouldn't be such a big nerd without my dad, so I'd like to give him kudos, even though he won't listen to this, because he does not support my creative endeavours. And I'd like to hand over to someone else before I keep talking. Anyone else? Okay, well, for, for me, I've been playing... Yeah, I've been playing since I was physically able to hold a controller i mean uh, uh yeah i'm old as shit so <laughs> i i was uh, i was playing stuff pro, uh, pro, and i yeah the first one i ever i remember the first console i ever bought with my own money i actually saved up first one i actually bought with my own money was the uh the snes uh shortly after it came out or if you're an american listening the snes because i don't know why you pronounce it like that but yeah the super nintendo entertainment system yeah it was the first one I ever bought shortly after it came out on my by myself and yeah i've been playing non-stop i've gotten the latest console each time i mean when the uh, N64 came out, I got that. Um, uh, then, uh, you know, I got my own computer and I started playing compute, actual, you know, computer games. I've played all the Half-Life games on PC. And, uh, you know, got a, a PlayStation, PlayStation 2, uh, the Xbox. You know, I, I pretty much, when a new console comes out, I'm a sucker for the new console because I get it because I don't want to miss out. So my history with it is since I was physically able to hold a controller and actually operate the system with hand-eye coordination, I've been playing. I bought a Game Boy when it came out as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I'm, I too am like Kimbo, massive, massive gaming lover. And this is where I let the team down. 
Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy gaming to a degree, but it's never been a massive part of my life. I think I'm kind of busy drawing or reading. Um, I do, I, I do love gaming though. It's just it's not something that burns all the time. That my history with it, I remember getting Sega Mega Drive as a kid and playing that until it basically fell apart with my younger sister and probably around the same time my dad buy me uh, the Game Boy that was translucent it had like that smoky grey translucent plastic and you could see all the chipboards and whatnot and I just thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen and just sat on that and just got through so many batteries um, but I've never kind of I've never stuck it out so I've never been one to just get the next console like I'd play on games if the person I was sharing a house with or a room with happened to have a game console, I'd play with them. Kind of dabbled a bit, like PlayStation 1 and PS2, but I've, I've not played on a lot of the other consoles. I did play on, fuck, what was it called? Uh, Atari. Had a go on an Atari. That was super fun. Um, but very brief. Nothing really kind of held my attention. I kind of got back into gaming a bit more like in the last few years but mainly through um kind of like mobile games having a smartphone now it's kind of brought me back into it I was never console driven I never felt the compulsion to get a new console I was never a big gamer that way but having a smartphone it's opened windows for me again and I've started gaming a bit more and then in recent years got back into it there's kind of like two games that I really enjoy playing um on the ps4 and that's that's about it really i'm not a massive game nerd i enjoy it but it doesn't grab me by the balls the same way as other hobbies and interests do just to quickly check what atari was it uh st 2600 4800 5200 what <laughs> don't be oh. stupid it was oh, an atari just, as far you, as you, i know you, did you just right. listen to i just said <laughs> I'm not the game in the group. <laughs> okay. It was kind of It had a really <laughs> strong hand controller with like two red buttons and a tiny little joystick, and that was it. It had like a wooden. Was it a knob? Yeah. Oh, wooden knob. That uh, that sounds like the twenty six hundred. Then. Don't know. It was my ex's. His mum found it in the attic, and it still worked somehow. They built them good back then. Oh yeah. I wasn't um, into gaming so much until my parents decided to buy me the Mega Drive 2 at about the age of five or six. And that revolutionized what life was. Um, it came with a cart- one cartridge that had six games on. And that for me was like, holy shit, this is like, how did they get all of this data onto a little cartridge? Like, this is mental. And you look back now and it's like, we can get 64 gig onto a micro SD card. Um, yeah, the Mega Drive 2 was, has always been and will always be my first love regarding video games. Um, I had consoles since then, but they never quite live up to you, the first one. Um, I had a Game Boy. I ran that thing into the ground. And I was dead sad when both the Game Boy and my Sega Mega Drive died, but I've had newer consoles, like I've got a PS4 at the moment, but it's not, it's not a Mega Drive 2, is it? 
I'll just leave it at that because I'm just dead sad now. I haven't got a Mega Drive anymore. You sound really, really heartbroken. It's sort of adorable. You're just like, but it's not a Mega Drive. I've got Honestly, all this fantastic magical technology, but it's just not a fucking big clunky plastic piece of crap. Yeah. I literally, <laughs> I was like, oh, it still works, it still works. It still works, it still works. And it just didn't. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's dead sad. We're sorry for your loss. I do also like your description. I got a Game Boy, but it's not a Mega Drive 2. Y- yes. <laughs> a, like Just like a table or an inflatable unicorn. That's not also a Mega Drive 2. No, it was like I didn't get as much enjoyment out of the Game Boy. Because the Mega Drive 2 just had... It had six games on one cartridge. I could do whatever I wanted with that six-game cartridge. And I didn't burn through batches of the Mega Drive. So I never had the wireless controller. Which amazed me that the Mega Drive had a wireless controller. Kimbo. Speaking of sadness regarding video games, I'd like to tell a story that I didn't tell originally, but now I'm going to throw him under the bus. Hi, Dad. Remember me? I'm your son. And I kind of mentioned you a bit earlier because you inspired my whole love of video games. The uncoolest thing my dad ever did. So I got a PlayStation 1 for Christmas, and I got, I think it was called Croc. And it was like an adventure game where you were a crocodile and you bounced around. It was like a platformer. And I didn't play Croc much. Like, I wasn't that into Croc. But it was a game I had. My dad had a friend at work who had a son who wanted a new video game. And was trading an old video game that he had. So he traded my Croc for Resident Evil 2. I was five. You are so unimpressed. It's actually kind of hilarious. I feel really bad for you, but I really want to laugh in your face at the same time. Brilliant. I'm sorry, but hang on. So the other kid got Croc and you got Resi. Five-year-old scaredy cat me got Resi. Right. Was... Yeah. 26, 27-year-old me can go, my dad got a cracking deal on that. Resi 2 is a mint game. Five, six, seven, however old I was, me. Why did you get rid of Croc? It was safe and colourful. <sighs> he stole I'm... your happy place. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I'm totally yeah. with the 20... It's like, he, he, he got Resi too. I'm just like, wow, I'm sorry. But just like, also, I will say this. When he went to hand over and he got the copy of the disc and saw the front... Because I, because the the front, if I remember rightly, the original cover has got, um, you know, horrible looking sort of zombie, sort of going yeah like that, and just like he goes, ah yes, this is appropriate for my five year old. Well, he didn't get Resi two for me. He got Resi two for him. My the only knowledge I had he'd done this is I came downstairs one day, and saw this mutant dog thing attack my dad's character as he walked around with a gun. And I was like, Dad, what's this? And he's like, Resident Evil 2. Just matter-of-factly, like, I'd know what that was. And I was like, all right. So I started to check my games out. I was like, oh, what am I going to play later? And I was like, Dad, where's crack? He's like, I traded it for Resident Evil 2. Well, sound. Cheers, Dad. Thanks for that. Just a game I can't play because, you know, Zombies and I'm an absolute wuss. Yeah, I'm going to have to hunt out your dad and high-five him for that because that was a 
genius move. And it, it, clearly he loved that game, you know. And on that note, we do move on to the first game we all loved. And for me, the first game I actually properly fell in love with, and this is technically a twofer, but it's sort of one. Uh, uh, the first game I fell in love with is uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. Uh, but they're basically the same game. If you know if you know the games, they're basically the same. Ocarina of Time is basically Link to the Past in 3D, just with a different time travel mechanic. In Link to the Past, it was a mirror. In Ocarina of Time, it was an ocarina. But yeah, Link to the Past for me, because it was on uh, on the snares, and I, I I got that game, and I just loved everything about it. This, you know, the free free sort of free roaming rpg because it was an open world and it didn't really tell you exactly where to go it gave you pointers you know you need to go to one of these four places but it was up to you what order you sort of did them in ultimately and i just loved the game and i was just wandering around this little link and just hitting chickens and cutting grass and uh throwing stuff and then doing ultimate bits of magic if you ever played the game and that led on to sort of Ocarina of Time when the N64 came out. And I got that and I remember playing it and going, hang on, this looks a bit familiar. But then I loved that again because it was because it was because it was 3D. It was like, wow, I get to do link. I get to play Link to the Past, but in full 3D. And back then, the graphics looked absolutely amazing to our unenlightened eyes because those were graph. Those were the graphics, you know, both of them back then we were just like wow this looks really realistic look i can see a, I can see that sort of blade of grass sort of <laughs> but yeah ocarina of time and link to the past for me the first game uh, and i'll say game because they're basically the same game uh, that i fell in love with and uh, it's sparked my love for uh, the zelda series ever since i think i pretty much uh, it's like um kimbo with pokemon i think i've pretty much played all of them so yeah, no uh, link to the past. Ocarina of Time, you know, comes as a package for me. That was my last love. Yeah, Burns. Um, for me, I I was kind of torn. Um, the first ever Game Boy game I got was Kirby Pinball, and I fucking loved that game. It it's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's just an excellent way to while away hours of your life without really knowing that you've done it. It was just really fun and really simple, and I just really loved it. And I think it was because it was my first ever game that was just mine. That Game Boy was my Game Boy, and that was my Game Boy game. And so it was a bit special, um, and I would never let my sister borrow it because she wouldn't let me borrow her Miss Pac-Man game. Um, and then um, James Pond, back on that, the early PlayStation I loved that game so much. It was the one set at like fucking Christmas land or some shit where you were in like the North Pole and there were evil teddy bears and angry penguins and you're just this fucking robocod floating around like going through different doors in the North Pole and I still don't really know what the fucking plot or the point of that game was but I had so much fun playing it and again it was sort of just I played that by myself and just really enjoyed it and I, I never really I never completed it. I always ended up just playing the same levels over and over again because I was shit. Um, but I had so much fun playing it. They were just super fun. And 
James Pond is not going to be anybody's favourite pick ever, except mine, probably. But it was super fun. Uh, there's been other games that were awesome, but my first ones was like Kirby Pinball from the Game Boy. James Pond for the PlayStation was the first ones that I was like, ooh, these are these are fun. I like these. Uh, speaking of games that you never completed, my first love uh, video game-wise was Sonic the Hedgehog number one. I played that game so much and I completed it when it came out on the phone as a re as a like a what is it a fuck what's it called when it a, a port when they ported it onto phones yeah they ported it onto, onto your mobile phone I completed that game so it was what two years ago and I was playing that when I got the Mega Drive at the age of six so it's taken me, what, the best part of 24 years to complete Sonic the Hedgehog, which is probably some sort of record. And I'm seems- that, yeah, I'm that level of shit gamer. But yeah, Sonic fair, the Hedgehog. Well, yeah, to be fair, Sonic didn't have save states. So to complete it, you would either have to leave your um, Mega Drive running or get the cheat codes. So the fact that it took you this long isn't by no means surprising. Yeah. And back then, I didn't know what cheat codes were. So for me, it was like, I can get to... It was in three levels once. It was three three acts per level. And I got to about the second level, third act, and I'd die. I'd be like, oh, fuck it. I'm just stopping there, turning it off, rage quitting, going away. But yeah, it's like the hedgehog. And I loved... The whole Sonic and Knuckles thing, where you could put each game into the cartridge, amazing, revolutionary, shall we say? But yeah, that's me done. Just as a little side tangent before we carry on with this, though, cheat codes. Fuck me, that's a blast from the past. I remember having Sonic and Tails, and in the front of the box where like the the user guide was, there was a scrap piece of paper that we'd got from some fucking goblin king somewhere that just had a series of button instructions and he had about four nanoseconds to get them in in the right order when the game started and it brought you up um basically like the chapter page and you could just go right fuck it i'm going to play the very last stage of this game because i'm never going to get there by myself and i want to know what they look like but you i'd spend like half an hour desperately trying to put this fucking cheat code in because i wasn't very coordinated I'm just cack-handed. So you, you just have this tiny little window of time to be like, oh, look, down, down, C, B, B, A, C, B, 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 A, 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 down, 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 left, 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 A. And you'd have to get it all in, and then this magical window appeared. But you'd, you'd do it about 80 times. I might as well just play the fucking game. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I remember when uh, cheat codes were... Technically, looking back, they're not technically cheat codes because they were physically built into the game because there was a section where you'd go and it would say enter cheat codes and you'd click on that and you'd have to type something in with some of the games. And so, but yeah, and having stuff like the um, Game Genie and so on, where you'd plug that in first and then put your game in and it'd give you access to all the, the cheat codes that you were. Oh, yeah, gaming's, yeah, I've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna go off on a tangent then, but no, I'll stop myself. So gaming is, but my gaming first love 
it's kind of twofold. First, Pokemon Red. Man, Pokemon Red. Charizard. I'm, I don't need to say anything else. Charizard. Lapras. Tauros. I'll leave that there. And then, the other one's a weird deep pull. Again, Papa Kimbo. I salute you, sir, for this. Way too young to be playing this. Warcraft 3. This kind of also ties in to uh, the cheat codes conversation. So my dad got Warcraft 3 on PC, and yet it was when you had to install it, it had like the manual with the code on the back to try and prevent like piracy and stuff. Um, it was great. So I remember installing it, and he got the DLC, the Frozen Throne, the expansion pack, sorry, not DLC. Um, and yeah, we played it, and I thought it was really good. Like the humans started the campaign, I was there bashing them out, like, ha, Arthur's great. And then Arthur started turning evil. I was like, no, Arthur, don't turn evil. No. And then the game got hard because it moved to some ice place. And I was like, oh, this is this is fucking difficult, isn't it? And then my dad was like, if you're really stuck, there is a cheat code. If you just type slash all your bases are belong to us, anyone who's still playing Warcraft 3, you're welcome. And it just lets you skip to the next level. So, because at the time I was a boot nerd, and I just wanted to know the fucking story of the game. I'm there like, okay, I'm stuck now. I've spent 20 minutes on this. All your bases are belong to us. No, Arthur! And then we got to the part the so how the game was, it was divided into four sections. You played as humans, the undead, the orcs, and the night elves. Um, so Arthur is your hero throughout the whole human campaign. And then he's also your hero through the whole undead campaign. And it's like, God damn, Arthur, you made some poor decisions, bro. <sighs> Yeah, Warcraft 3 and Pokemon Red, opposing ends of the genres of video games, makes me who I am today. Is Warcraft 3 where he becomes a Lich King at the end? Kills his dad, takes a sword and becomes a Lich King? He doesn't kill... Yes, yeah, he does kill his dad. My bad. I almost said he kills Ulla or whatever his name was. But no, he kills yeah. his dad. That's, yeah, and, uh, yeah, then I know what you mean about the, that game. Yeah. Because that one you were going through is just like, oh, he's a nobleman. Oh, this is brilliant. Look at him. He's scything down. It's like, oh, he's found this sword. He's like, oh, what have you just done? It's ridiculous. That story that story triggered me so hard as a kid. I feel a bit bad because I've not had quite as strong a reaction to games as you guys have. And I feel a bit like I've missed out now. <laughs> However, I am currently enjoying gaming again. It's taken a while to get there. However... It has happened. So, moving us smoothly and silkily into what we're currently enjoying. Um, for me, I'm sort of torn between two. Um, playing on the PS4 at the minute, um, Nino Kuni and the Wrath of the White Witch, which is basically just Studio Ghibli as a computer game, which is super fun. Uh, Mr. Drippy as a character I could not be more in love with. He's just, he's got a very heavy Welsh accent and is adorable. Um, you're following a small child on a magical quest in a mystical land. And it's absolutely glorious. And then outside of that, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, um, 
I tend to play more on mobile games, I'm really into puzzle games. So I've kind of gone through all the room games. And at the minute I'm on uh, the House of Da Vinci 2, which I've been waiting to come out for a while and I finally got hold of it. And it's just great. For a mobile game, it's just brilliant. The the puzzles are very intricate. It does require a lot of like just engaging your brain. I'm not very good at kind of like um, platform games and shoot 'em ups and driving games. I'm just shit. I'm not coordinated enough and I don't have the patience. But give me a good puzzle game and I lose hours. And I have just been losing hours on this House of Da Vinci because... There's not really, like, you've got to do the thing. You can't skip something to get ahead. And I don't have the luxury of cheat codes anymore. So I've just got to work out how the fuck you finish this puzzle to unlock that box, to make that room turn round and a mas- magical portal appear. And it's just great. I highly recommend if um, listeners at home, House of Da Vinci, the first one was excellent. I'm on part two at the minute. And part two so far is really, really cool. It's basically set in the past, the era where Da Vinci was active. And you're going through a series of tests to see whether or not you can become his apprentice. Um, So you've got to solve a lot of puzzles. There's this mystical eyepiece that lets you jump back and forward in time. So you can fix something in the past that makes something in the present open up or become available to you. And it's you've just got to really think and you've got to remember exactly where you saw something and how to undo it. And your actions in any one time period have ramifications in the other it's just it's really engaging it's it's really nerdy it's not very exciting but i am just so balls deep in love with it at the minute it's kind of offensive so uh, so one of the main characters is called cunny and there's a mr drippy was this written by an 18th uh, 19th century prostitute it's cooney not cunny you know cooney it's just Cooney. the name of the game. Right. I was going to say, I was, I was about to say, because I was just like, yeah, Cunny is a, a very rude word in the 19th century England. And then you also said Mr. Drippy. And I was like, really? Really? Yeah, yeah, Nino Cooney is the name of the game, but the character that you play throughout the game is Oliver, who's a young boy. And Mr. Drippy is uh, he's like the head of the fairies. And he just like intermittently will just go tidy, and that's it. Like he's just fucking brilliant. He's basically um, Oliver's helper. Like he's guiding him through this mystical land and making sure that he's on the right track. And he helps train you to learn new spells and guide you where you need to be. So he's sort of like his sidekick through it all. But he's brilliant, and he's the most gloriously Welsh-sounding fictional fairy I've ever heard. High Lord of the High Fairies he is. I haven't really gamed so much in the past few years. Just when I finish work at like fucking dickhead o'clock in the morning, I don't want to sit on a PlayStation for the next six hours. So lockdown's been wonderful for me because I've managed to get back into gaming. Um, and I've been playing GTA 5 online. And I'm going to get a lot of shit for this because I know I've been pissing people off online with this. But my new favourite thing is to get a proximity mine and put it right side of paint and spray. And you have to buy cars in GTA Online and you do you have to pay for it out of your own money and stuff. And they pull up outside and they get blown up. It, I'm that level of dickhead troll. And I just love doing it. I am going to reach through the 
Mike and strangle you for that. Oh, <laughs> you are that level. It, it's you are the you are the type that deserves to get the space laser on you. Yeah. When someone's got enough money to get that space laser, you're the one they're targeting because you're an absolute yeah. cock end. Yeah. Shame. Shame on you. Shame. Yeah. But I'm a poor kid playing the game, so you know, fuck them. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've been doing. I've just been killing people in a troll sense. I'm like a camper on GTA 5. And I'm sorry, guys, if I've killed any of you in this manner. I'm just getting my cheap kicks during lockdown. I've got need something to do, don't I? So now I'm going back to work. You don't have to worry about that much. So, uh, yeah, that's my current gameplay. I'm playing a lot of games, but I'll, I'll talk about two because I'm controlling myself. Uh, so on my mobile, I'm playing Team Fight Tactics, which is made, it's linked to League of Legends. So it's kind of a MOBA, it's an auto chess. It's online only, and you play against people. And you draft champions, and then you fight their champions. You level up your champions to fight their champions. And I'm just trying to, you know, get good at the game. I'm watching people play it online. Because, you know, communities aren't toxic online at all. Um, Also, more interestingly, I've been playing uh, the Drano ROM hack of Pokemon Fire Red on my computer. So this is Pokemon Fire Red, which was a game for the Game Boy Advance. It was a remake of the original Red and Blue for anyone who does not know Pokemon. And a guy called Drano went, these games are a little easy, aren't they? Let's make them not easy. And decided, you know, let's give Brock water-type Pokemon as well as rock-type Pokemon. And just for, just for lols, you can have a Vulpix as well. Just in case you were like, oh, I've got a grass-type, I'll be good. Nah, nah. Ember your ass. Uh, yeah, so, and I'm trying to play that on what's called a Nuzlocke, so if your Pokemon dies, it, it did. Can't use that anymore. Um, so, I'm on my fifth attempt, because it's hard, and I'm just getting to the fourth gym, so that's nice. Johnson? Does this Drano character work from from software, by any chance? He doesn't work for a professional video game company, I think. He's just some random dude on Twitter. But he's done it for he's done it for multiple Pokemon games. He's done it for Fire Red. He's done it for Soul Silver and Heart Gold. He's done it for Pokemon Platinum. He's done it for Black and White and Black and White 2. And he's done it for most recently Omega Ruby and Alpha, Alpha Sapphire. So my plan is to eventually do all of them when I have dragged my hair out trying to complete this one but i'm at the fourth gym and i've got like loads of pokemon at the moment so you know it's looking good looking good i lost my star me last night i didn't have a mental breakdown it was okay it was okay uh, what about you john somebody playing well strangely speaking of um ultra hard bastard mode of a game and from software i am currently uh play well uh at the moment, I'm going through that. Uh, um, I want wanting to be tortured clearly because I'm playing Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Neo, all of them again. Completed them all, but I'm playing them all again. So, because I absolutely love that. My wife 
constantly complains. It's like, you don't seem to love it. You scream at the TV enough. It's like, yeah, but when you finally do get that last swipe in and the fecker dies, you're like, yes, have it, you prick. But yeah, I'm loving those at the moment. But uh, a, a YouTuber I watched brought up a bril- uh, brilliant and yet sort of disturbing post. He says, it pointed out, he goes, um, I reckon over time, bosses probably win on points in the end. Because why is it fair that they kill you 50 million times? You kill them just once, but yours is the one that counted. And you're like, oh, don't do that to me. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, because Ornstein and Smout have kicked my ass more times than I, I care to mention, care to mention. but the, the few times I actually finally get that last blow and just goes, Whoa! and he's like, yes, have it, you cock end. But yeah, that's what I'm playing, Dark Souls. And Neo's a beautiful game, though. It's uh, it's essentially uh, Dark Souls, but in Japan. And it is that level of, there's no difficulty ranking. You just play, you know, everything's uh, set on ultra-hard mode, essentially. And you will die. And the point is, you will die a million times. But the point is, you learn each time. That's the sort of the point. You go, as the internet would say, you get good. Uh, yeah, but Neo's a be- absolutely beautiful game as well. It's set in um, feudal Japan. Uh, it, play, uh, playing during the uh, just before the reunification in uh, of uh, Japan during, uh, in sixteen oh one. So you're playing during the final wars of that era, and it's such. It's a beautiful game to look at, and this and unlike. From software, Team Ninja actually put a storyline in there that you can follow. There's cutscenes that explains everything, and characters talk to each other properly and say, "Oh, what about this?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, brilliant! I've actually got a storyline to bloody follow. I don't have to go on um, Dark Souls Wiki just to find out what I've got to do next because no one in that bloody game explains anything." But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm perfectly fine. But yeah, those are the ones for me. And I'm, as I say, I've completed them both to death. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely love them. Unsurprisingly, Johnson is masochistic in his gameplay. Like, I'm very aware that Bloodborne is just... It's aneurysm-inducing. I know somebody that's legitimately broken their console like handset thing smashing it against a wall because they couldn't get through a level like what the fuck are you doing you are masochistic at the very core oh i just yeah. like pretty things <laughs> oh yeah bloodborne for me but there was a, a meme years ago when bloodborne came out and it's just like completing dark souls and you, it's like rocky at the end of rocky 2 is a bit battered but he's like yay like that completing Bloodborne and you're this broken soldier sat up against the wall smoking whilst bleeding heavily because it's just like yeah it will kick your ass this game will just base because in Dark Souls they go you've got a block you've got a shield and you can stop incoming attacks Bloodborne went (laughs) no this is steampunk we don't believe in shields dodge you bitch oh shit and it's yeah Bloodborne is far harder but it's so much more satisfying once you do. I think that's the thing for me. When you finally get that prick that's been handing you your ass and you work out what you've got to do, like, oh, I'll realise 
when he, he does this combat animation, I've actually got to sidestep and say and do a stab from behind and you whittle him down or whatever. You realize what you've got to do and you're like, have it. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodborne is tough and you're like, uh, uh. and there's an inbuilt hardening motion that I didn't realize until I had to uh, look this up on Wiki. There's a thing called insight during the game. It's meant to be an in-game currency, but if you hoard it, uh, the game actually punishes you for hoarding it and makes all the people harder. Literally, some of the characters that don't have ranged weapons suddenly have ranged weapons if your insight goes above a certain level. I didn't realise this, and I completed it with a fuck ton of insight. So that was even harder for me because I was just like, "Why is this so hard?" And I look back, and I was just like, look back, and I was like, "Oh, you meant to spend that stuff." Whoops. Speaking of games that um, are masochistic and make you angry, we're going to talk about games that we're looking forward to playing. And as I've mentioned, I'm really shit at gaming. The game I'm looking get forward to getting my, hand, my ass handed to me on, as Burns will contest to this, is there's a new Worms game coming out called Worms Rumble. And it's not turn-based. Yeah, it's not turn-based anymore. It's basically like a, a shoot em up in real time, but you're as a worm. So even then, I'll get my heart handed to me. But I fucking love worms. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And I am going to end up rage quitting at some point and probably just throwing the disc out at the window or something. But yeah, worms rumble, folks. Look forward to seeing me get my ass kicked and ranting about it on social media. So I'll go next and talk about the game I'm looking forward to the most. There was a couple that were on my radar, um, but then Nintendo had to go and announce Pokemon Snap 2, and of course, I want to take pretty pictures of pretty Pokemon in their pretty natural environments, and throw apples so Pikachu can chase it, and evolve Magic Carp by knocking it into the water. I am so excited for Pokemon Snap 2. I don't even like photography. I hate photography. Mrs. has always liked to take more pictures, and I don't do it. I don't like taking pictures, but if it's a Pokemon, I am there, snapping away. I I didn't know they were doing this. I didn't know they were finally sequeling from the N sixty four. That was finally sequeling Pokemon Snap. I'm gonna yeah. Well, I already own obviously. I already own a Switch. I'll get every console when it comes out. But anyway, no, yeah, I am getting Pokemon Snap too because I had it originally as well, along with Pokemon Stadium. Which is ba- which was uh, which is basically just a rip. Anyway, no, this is Kimbo's time. Sorry, not doing that. Sorry. Yeah, um, Pokemon Snap Two it was announced. It was only announced a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'm so pumped for it. Uh, the only other thing I'd kind of want to shout out a little bit is Square's Avengers game. I know people online aren't thrilled about the fact they don't look like the MCU. And I understand. But not everything can be the MCU. The video game actually looks fun. Even if the faces don't look like Robert Downey Jr. That is all. Yeah. No, I agree with you that. It's it's just like, it's a Marvel game, not an MCU TV film game. Think People forget that. It's just like, because people seem to forget. Yeah, it was a comic series for decades. 
before it was a film. So remember that when they do stuff. But yeah, my looking forward to is very much on sort of Kimbo's uh, level of essentially nostalgia coming back because I'm looking because they remake it and it's been released in September this year. They're re they're remastered Tony Hawk's one and two, the pro skater games. I, me and my mates, when we were good, lived on those games. We played them constantly from well one all the way up to Underground Two because after that they got a bit well not skater games anymore. I mean the the downhill one where it was just essentially a racing game. It was like no, and then skate where you had that skateboard that you actually had to use no <clears throat> but yeah i'm looking forward so hard to tony hawk's the remastered series it's going to be awesome i i i'm going to be lost for god knows how long just in childhood listening to the um late listening to the late 90s um pop punk scar hits just the the soundtrack was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> the sound, uh, all of that. Uh, oh, you can hit. I, I can't even talk. I'm that excited about it coming out. As soon as it comes out, I'm getting it, and I, I'm just locking myself in a room, just like, what are you doing, Tony Hawks? I'm a Tony Hawks. I'm 12 years old again. Actually, uh, when I was yeah, probably about four hours. Yeah, fucking young teenager again. Piss off. So you're just looking forward to getting aggro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for me it's not like I'm not a massive gamer uh, Worms has been covered by Strawn he is going down so hard when that gets released he does not bear well when he plays Worms against me uh, so that that's a given that's going to be exciting outside of that um, the one I'm kind of, there's two that I'm looking forward to they've, technically they've already been released um, I think Little Nightmares 2 came out towards the end of the, or the beginning of this year or the end of last year. Um, Little Nightmares 1 was incredible. Um, the gameplay is beautiful. The graphics are fantastic. The story is creepy as shit. I basically just had a constant fit playing the first one, um, messaging Strawn getting killed by creepy long-arm monsters and whatnot. So, And 2 looks really interesting. Uh, there's an additional character this time. Uh, so I'm... I'm very excited to get my hands on that and play that because one although it was torturous was really satisfying when you got it completed and you unlocked the little special extra rooms it was like a massive win it's not kind of it might not be bloodborne level but that's my level that's as far as i'm prepared to go <laughs> um outside of that kind of going back to the fact that i play my games predominantly on my phone um there's a series of games called The Room. There was The Room, The Room 2, The Room 3. Part 4 was called Old Sins. Um, and I've been kind of keeping an eye to see if like Part 5 was coming out. And it looks like what they've done is, March this year they've released a VR game, um, which would be available on PS4 and other consoles apply. Um, but yeah, it's a VR game in The Room series called um, A Dark Matter. And The Room game's are incredible, very much in the same sort of vein as um, the House of Da Vinci game I'm currently playing. They're puzzle boxes. And as the series has progressed, it was like a puzzle box in a room. And then as you get through the series, it's multiple rooms with multiple puzzle boxes. And then you've got multiple rooms with multiple puzzle boxes in different 
times and you've got to hop back and forth in time while remembering what room a thing was in and they've got more and more complex as the series is developed so there being a VR experience of these room games really kind of piques my interest it's I'm not normally one for sitting down at a console and playing I quite like just being sat on my phone and just having a potter about on my little puzzle games but I'd be prepared to part cash with a, a VR room game. I'd probably end up rage quitting and having to come back in a few days' time, but it's worth it. It's just so satisfying completing these puzzles because they get more and more intricate. So I'm excited to see how they're going to adapt that format into a VR kind of vibe. I'm glad to want a VR experience, Burns. Um, it's a technology I don't think we were, we've spoken about. Uh, whilst we were talking, though, and not because I wasn't paying attention, uh, I thought of another game that I kind of want to talk about because uh, me and Johnson are very passionate about the series. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is still scheduled to come out later this year. Yes. The Japanese voice actors have said their work is done. So it, it's on its way, and I'm so excited. That game, the first game's incredible. The open worldness, the weapon durability. If you've not played Breath of the Wild, you you are missing out on possibly the best games this console generation. And Breath of the Wild two will be equally as good, if not better. I am very confident. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was an absolute revelation of a game. It was so so good, and but still felt like a a Zelda game. It was just. Yeah, the the open worldness has always been a part of Zelda, but nowhere near to that level. I mean, it was absolutely huge, and we also with revisiting sort of capabilities because obviously you'd have to unlock stuff, and then you'd go, oh, that's now useful for there, and you'd come back and get something. And yeah, if you if you've not played it, you you are missing out. Go go now. In fact, stop listening. Go play it and then come back in the next month when you've played it to death. And with that breath of fresh air on me and Johnson agreeing, I think this is an excellent time to wrap up today's podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your adventure through gaming with us. Uh, Congratulations, you did not take the cake. Well, they couldn't take it because the cake is a lie. If you want to talk to us more about gaming or anything else, feel free to send us an email at trainpopculture at gmail.com. You want to leave us a like or just a, a cheeky little comment? Go to Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr at Train Pop Culture or tweet us at culture underscore train. Thank you for listening. Skull. Skull. Slangy The cake is alive.